my name is Michael. For those of you who don't know, uh, I am one of the pastors at Life Changes Church, and I am married to the beautiful Crystal Hiddenskog sitting over there. Yeah, God is very good. Um, but why don't you turn to someone and say, we made it to 2022. We made it to 2022. You can give yourselves a round of applause or a pat on the shoulder. You did a good job. You did a good job. But I really do love the beginning of the year. It's, it's one of my favorite times of the year because I think we all feel a little bit more refreshed. We all have a renewed sense of purpose. But we're all thinking about how we can better ourselves, how we can live life to the fullest, what the meaning of life is, what the purpose of our lives are, but how we can get better this year. And there's normally two groups of people in the beginning of the year. There's the group that want to achieve everything this year. They already have the Excel spreadsheet laid out with multiple sheets across of all the things they have to do in January alone and then for the end of the year. And then you have the second group of people who just say, thank you, God, 2021 is over. Can we take January off and uh, continue in February? That's the other group of people. And I don't know what camp you fall into, but I have saw a few nods there, so I, I, I see you guys, I see you guys. But there's always two camps of people, but we all have the sense that we want to do 2022 better than 2021. We want to do things differently. We want to do things better. And most of the New Year's resolutions that are, are started in the beginning of the year fall into three categories. They, I want to live a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, we can all nod there. I want to lose a bit of weight. Just feel the belt around your waist there. Yeah, you can also nod there. Or I want to exercise more. Gym contracts saw in January, and by uh, mid-Jan, they decline a little bit. But um, we also ask a bunch of questions. And so these are the most searched-for questions on the how-to-be category in 2021. And it's people searching. I promise you, I have not made these up. I promise you. But they, these are the 10 most searchable questions. Firstly, how to be eligible for a stimulus check or a SASA grant. Yeah, yeah. How to be more attractive. If you're Googling that one, I promise you, Google cannot help you, unfortunately. But anyway, we can hope, we can dream. How to be happy alone. How to be a baddie. I don't understand this one. Don't understand why you would be Googling that. How to be a good boyfriend. Jerry, was that you? No, 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 no. How to be a good kisser. Jerry, I hope that wasn't you. How to be a flight attendant. That's probably the girlfriend of the boyfriend who Googled how to be a good boyfriend. She's trying to get away. Uh, how to be happy with yourself. How to be mindful and how to be romantic. See, we all search for, these are the top 10 most searched for things on Google. They have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of searches last year. It's not just a select few, but we all search for things about how to make ourselves better. How do I live life a little bit better? How do I live life to the full? How do I better myself in this area? And I want to say that this morning, my prayer that after this message is that we will have a renewed sense of purpose. We will have a living hope to cling onto, but that we will see the glory of our Father in heaven. That God's glory will be made known to us this morning, and that God's glory will be the purpose for our lives going forward. So we are going to kick into a little bit of scripture now, and it's going to come up behind me. It's one scripture, one verse, and it's to start the year off easily, one scripture. It says this in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So what, 
whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I'm going to pray for us. Yeah, Father, I pray that this morning, today, we see your glory, that you show us your glory, that we will see and have a renewed purpose of who you are and how you created us, that Holy Spirit, you will move in this place, that your presence will be made known in this place, that we will be overwhelmed by your glory, Jesus, that we will be overwhelmed by the glorious Savior who pursued us first, that you chose us, that you called us, Lord, and that you died on the cross, nailing sin, nailing death to the cross, and you claim victory over our lives so that we can live full and meaningful lives in who you are, Jesus. So I pray that you have your way in this place. Will you have your way in our hearts? Will you have your way in our minds, but will you get all the glory this morning, Jesus? We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So uh, the start of this morning, I want to say is, what are you living for? Take a moment and think about it quickly. What are you living for? What is that thing in your life that you are living for? What is that thing in your life that you want to achieve? What is that one thing that you believe that will give you fulfillment in life, that will give you purpose in life? What is that one thing that you are saying, I want to live for that. I desire my drive. All these things are for that thing. What are you living for? See, we all ask the question, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of my life? How do I fit into this thing called life? And the Scriptures say that the purpose of life is to know God as He truly is, to grow in Him more fully, to know Jesus Christ, and in this dark world, shed a little bit of the light of Jesus in this world. That is our purpose. It is to know God more fully and to show Christ in everything that we do. That is what the Scriptures say our purpose is. And how do I know this? Because it says in Genesis 1 verse 27, this is how we were created. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So this is my first thought for this morning. You were created in his image. Take a note of that. You were created in his image. If you are sitting here today, you were chosen and created in God's image. See, there is a difference between being created in God's image and being created for God's glory. They are very important, both very important, and they play with one another, but they are different concepts. See, we were created with intent and purpose by God. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You were created by your Father in heaven. He knows every fiber of your being. And from the beginning of mankind, from the beginning of the earth, He was declaring over the heavens that He is the creator and He chose you. He formed you in His likeness. That is what it means to be made in the image of God. We were formed in His likeness. Our lives are to display the likeness of God. Whatever we do, we cannot help it. It is how you were created. You are there. Your purpose, your intention is to display the image of God. See, this idea of being made in the image of God was understood in the Hebrew culture as being commanded or ruled by a king. To be made in the image of God was to be commanded or ruled by a king. What does that mean? Is that your life is not your own. 
Your life is serving a king. Your life is living to uh, being ruled and being commanded by a king. So that whatever we do, our thought lives, what we do in secret, what we do in public, is towards the king who created us. See, this is what it means to be made in the image of God. And so in the Egyptian culture, the pharaohs were known as images of God. They were thought to be gods themselves. But time showed that actually they were just like us, that their bones are resting in tombs in Egypt, and they are surrounded by sand. But they even built the sphinx outside the pyramid to guard them because they were these higher beings. They were these gods. But actually, the God who created the heavens and the earth shows us that he is still alive. He is seated on his throne, and he is calling you this morning. He is calling you this morning. Why? Because he created you. He created you in his own image. And that should change the way we live. Because we're not just going about this life hoping for the best, trying to get by, trying to uh, get money in the bank account, trying to navigate our family and our finances. No, we go through life being images of God. You show the Creator wherever you go, whatever you do, you are speaking to the Creator who created you, who called you, who created you in the dirt, in the dust, but has called you for a purpose. See, Being made in the image of God means that we need to serve God and not other images. There's this idea in the Bible that actually we aren't supposed to serve other images or what the Bible calls idols. There are things in our lives which take time and energy and our affection away from God and actually put it on other things. And sometimes they can be good things. They can be our family. They can be our marriage. These are all good things in life. They can be our job. But when they take the time and the affection and the energy that we're supposed to give to God and take it away from Him and we pour it into our family, actually that's not living as images of God. It should all be towards God. Why? Because He gave us those things. He created those things. And they are for His glory and for Him. See, we were made in the image of God and it's proclaiming to all of life that we are living a different way. We are living life God's way. If you want to do 2022 differently, live as the image of God. See, as image bearers, we are supposed to show the likeness of God in every aspect of our lives. We, uh, the creator is supposed to be seen in the creation. As the creation, we are supposed to show who our creator is. People should look at us, should look at our lives, and should see the fullness of God in our lives. See, this is so important for us to understand as believers of Jesus Christ is that this isn't a choice. This is who you were made to be. It's not a choice to be the image of God or not. You were created as the image of God. You cannot help but show who God is. In everything that we do, even when we get things wrong, it speaks that we have a creator, that he's above us, that he is perfect, that he sustains us, that his grace goes before us. All of these things show that we are made in the image of God. We aren't our own. You are not your own. This life isn't about your happiness your purposes, your plans. It's about God and His glory. It says this in Isaiah 43, verse 6 to 7. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. First thought is you were created in His image. Second thought this morning, 
You were created for his glory. You were created for his glory. Take a note there. If you want meaning or purpose in your life, live for his glory. Whether it's in your job, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your household or whatever it may be, live for his glory. See, you were called and set apart for his purposes and his plans for your life. And his plans are not your plans. They are greater than your plans. We can take comfort knowing that we have a creator whose plans and purposes for our lives are perfect. When things are going wrong, we can rest in his promises, his ways, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Why? Because it's living life for his glory. No matter what trials there are, no matter what temptations there are, we can live to respond and to show his glory to a watching world. That is what is on offer for us. See, everything Everything is for His glory. Say, everything is for His glory. Good job. You did well. It says this in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, all is for the glory of God. If you want to know how to live life differently in 2022, live for His glory. If you want to know how to have a thriving marriage, live for His glory. If you want to know how to get rid of fear and anxiety and depression, live for His glory. If you want a thriving business, live for His glory. If you want a happy marriage and a happy family, live for His glory. Because it's all onto Him and for Him. See, at this point, it may seem airy-fairy. It may seem a little bit like hyper-spiritual. Michael, what does it mean to live for His glory. How do I possibly do that? What is the practical steps? Are you saying that when I shower, I must live for His glory? The clothes that I choose, I must live for His glory. The Netflix shows I watch, I must live for His glory. When my toddler is screaming in the middle of checkers and all I want to do is yell and run away, I must live for His glory. Is that what you're saying, Michael? And the answer is yes. Everything is for His glory. Your thought life, what you do in private and secret, is for His glory. What you do when you are seen is for His glory. The conversations you have with a friend, the conversations you have with a non-Christian are for His glory. How you pay your workers, if you pay them a fair wage or not, is for His glory. It's for His glory. See, the meaning of life now, the purpose of life now, is not comfort in this world now, nor escape from suffering now, nor the avoidance of loss now, nor the maximizing of physical pleasures now, nor the amassing of riches and treasures now, nor any fame or fortune now, nor the right to health now, nor the right to justice now. It is to show the likeness of Christ in your life now. That is the purpose and meaning of your life is to show the surpassing worth of who Jesus is in every aspect of our lives, to speak towards the Creator that we don't live for ourselves, we live for His glory. That is what is going to bring meaning and purpose to your life. If you are racked with anxiety, if you are racked with worry and cannot sleep, find your purpose in the Creator. Find your purpose in Him, because I promise you, God cares more about His glory than your personal story. He is faithful to His glory in your life, though, and He will see it made known. See, our purposes are, is in life is to live in such a way that it shows Jesus Christ. To glorify God means less of us and more of Him. 
less of us and more of Him. In your relationships, less of you, more of Him. In your marriage, less of you, more of Him. In your finances, less of you, more of Him. In your schooling, less of you, more of Him. In your sleep, less of you, more of Him. In how you pay your workers, less of you, more of Him. In that sin that you are just battling and don't want anyone to know, less of you and more of Him. That is what it means to live for His glory, that there is a God who created you. He is faithful even when you are faithless, and He is above you. He goes before you, and He walks before you and leads you with His Spirit. That is what it means to be filled with His glory. See, this is what the image bearer does. It points to the reality of God in our lives, that God is real. Think about how is God real to you? Is, it, is he just someone that you say, I love him, but actually I don't want to give up that relationship that the Bible says isn't all right. I love you, God, actually, but these financial dealings, I'm not going to pay my taxes. I don't need to do that. I love you, God, but you're actually just living on a Sunday Christianity but won't allow me into every aspect of your lives. How are we living to glorify God? See, glorifying God isn't a choice. It isn't just reserved for a Sunday when there's worship music playing in the background. It is an everyday reality, 24-7 reality of God being king of our lives because he is our creator. We are image bearers, and we speak to the creator. That is what it means to glorify God. Everything is for his glory. Do you have a fence in your heart? Are you sleeping with someone when the Bible clearly says there's no sex before marriage and that sexual immorality? How are we living to glorify God in our lives? See, where does your glory end and where does God's glory begin? I'm going to say that again. Where does your glory end and where does God's glory begin? To live for His glory should be the only response that we have as believers. Our faith journey, becoming more like Jesus Christ, should be our concern because it is glorifying Him, growing in Him, growing in the Spirit that He's given us freely, making decisions that honor Him, making decisions to walk an obedient life in His ways and His purposes. Speak to His glory, and it should be our only response. Think about 2021, and I'm preaching this to myself. Every time I've made a decision that doesn't honor Him, He's still there. He's still faithful, and he's still calling me to live for his glory. It doesn't mean that we're always going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that we're going to get everything right. But it does mean that we know that there is one who is greater, that there is one that who has overcome the world. There is one that is greater than my lack, my shortcomings, my disqualifications. There is one named Jesus Christ, and he is a glorious Savior. And he knows you. He formed you. He sees you this morning. And we need to live for him. See, God shares his glory with us through his son, Jesus Christ. The magnificence of the gospel is this, is that Jesus Christ died on a cross. The glorious Savior of the world died to show the glorious glory of his Father. And he chose you to share in that glory. 
man was made was fashioned to give glory to God, but we wanted to put ourselves in the place of the king of our lives. We wanted to be the king of our own lives, but God is declaring, actually, no, there is only one king, and he is seated on his throne in heaven, and he has conquered sin, he has conquered death, he has conquered your shame, and he is calling you to more. He is calling you to fullness of life. He is calling you to live for his glory, and he will sustain you in that. He is the great provider, but he is also the great sustainer. So in the midst of trial, in the midst of temptation, he is there with you, forming you, fashioning you for his glory and his likeness. It says this in Ephesians 1, 5 to 6, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one whom he loves. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. See, Paul points out that God chooses, adopts us, redeems us, seals us as believers to the praise of the glory of his grace. This is what it means to be set apart, that we are adopted, that we speak to the glory of God's grace in our lives. We speak to the glory of God's grace. God's grace is in your life. If you take a breath this morning, it is because of God's grace. See, the glorious Father sends the glorious Son who voluntarily humbled himself on a cross to show God's glory to a watching world. See, the meaning of life is this, is to know the surpassing worth of Jesus in your life. Do you know the surpassing worth of Jesus in your life? Think back to that thing that I asked in the beginning, what are you living for? What did you answer? Maybe it's, I want to get better in my job. Maybe it's, I want to restore my marriage. Now that you know that to live is to live for God's glory, what are you living for? How are you going to live this year differently? See, in other words, we need to live to make Christ magnificent in every aspect of our lives. Is Christ magnificent to you? Do you delight in Him more than anything else, more than worthless idols, more than things that take our affection? Do you delight in Jesus? If you want a marriage that speaks of His goodness, that speaks of His fullness, will you delight in Him above your spouse, above anything else, and through that you will love your spouse more, I promise you. Will you delight in Jesus? See, this word for glory is this beautiful word in Hebrew. It is kavod. Kavod. It's like something just thudded to the floor. Kavod. And it's this word that means heaviness or weight. That God's glory is heavy. It is heavy over creation. It is heavy over your life. His presence is heavy. There's this weight. There's this overwhelming presence. Kavod. That is what it means. His glory, kavod. See, in the Hebrew culture, they understood that everything that we do has an impact on God's kavod. That everything that we do has an impact on the king's kavod. How we live speaks to whether we obey the king or not. Speaks to his authority in our life. Speaks to how he created us. His kavod is everywhere. 
His kavod is in every aspect of your lives. You cannot escape it because His kavod speaks to creation and how He created you. He created you for the depth and the weight and the heaviness of His presence over your life. He created you for His kavod. And so I want to say, when things weigh you down, will you remember the weight of God's kavod? When your sin weighs you down and you cannot help but go back to that thing that draws your affections, back to that thing that gives you comfort, back to that person who gives you comfort and value, will you remember the weight of Kavad's grace? When that burden is just overwhelming and your obstacle is before you, will you remember the weight of God's presence in your life? When that thing just is overwhelming and that sin you cannot get away, will you remember the weight of of God's grace on the cross, that He bore the weight, the kavod, the weight of your sin. Will you remember kavod this year? There's a weight and a presence to the glory of God in our lives. There has to be. It's how He created us. It's how He formed you. Are you overwhelmed by the weight, the kavod of God? Do you stop and think about how good he is, about the decisions you make, about how you live, how you act? Does it speak to the kavod of God? Can I ask us to stand? All of creation is a testimony to God's kavod. You are a testimony to God's kavod. No matter what you've done, no matter what you watched last no- night, no matter where you f- uh, fall short, it is a testimony to God's kavod because He is your creator and His grace is on offer every day.